good morning. Welcome back. Where were all of you last week? Because I didn't see you. But it's, where were you? Uh, yeah, it is so good to see you. Uh, wow, I've just been looking forward to it all week. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, I was looking forward to the worship. And wasn't it amazing today? Can you feel the presence of the Lord here today? I don't, I don't care if we experience anything else. We've got to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit when we gather together like this. Um, hey, just as was mentioned, uh, I feel like I need to say a word about this. You know, next Sunday is Pastor Liz and Pastor Stan's uh, last Sunday before they begin their retirement. Although the last couple of weeks when I've been in the office, it appears they've already started. But uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, there's going to be an open house, as Pastor Shane mentioned, next Saturday from three to five. And we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate, but I need to clarify, we are not celebrating the fact that they are leaving, all right? We're, we're celebrating their, their ministry and the impact that they have had on Kokomo Naz down through these 25 and 30 years. And it is a rare privilege that you have as a church to honor somebody that has served, a staff person that has served that long. And so we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that well. And then next Sunday, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate as well. So just wanna mention that to you. Thanks to all of you, join us in online. Uh, we know that there's many of you still feel uncomfortable being back here and we understand that. Don't ever feel pressure. Um, the day will come when we'll all be able to come back together and you'll feel comfortable, but more and more there are people gathered in this place and they're gathered online today. And I am glad whether we are in this place or whether you're watching online, the Holy Spirit will be with all of us as he has already been today. Well, you know, I have to remind us often because I wanna remind myself that we exist as a church to encourage and equip people, all people. We're encouraging, we're compelling, we're drawing in, we, we exist to bring people to Christ and then also to encourage people um, that are already followers of Christ to continue in our push forward to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so we've been in, we've been in this series that talks about in, uh, Paul in Philippians about this idea of being a fully devoted follower and how fully devoted followers have more than just happiness in their lives. We have joy that is sustainable, even through the difficult times, even even through the tragedies of life, even through the burdens and all the stuff that comes. And I'm really excited about the message today because it incorporates one of my very favorite verses. And I almost made it a whole message, so I restrained myself, but it's gonna be a great message today, what Paul has to say to us. And then next week, uh, we're gonna conclude. Have you ever come to like to the end of something and you're like really sad? Uh, you know, like you're watching, sometimes we'll watch a series or something and you come to that last one and you're just kind of sad that it's over. It's kind of how I feel about Philippians because I just love the book of Philippians and I love what Paul teaches us and how he teaches us uh, from the practical things of life. Because as we're reminded, Paul is writing this to us from prison, which reminds us that our happiness is not based on the happenings in our life. There is something more to that. And uh, so uh, today uh, we're gonna look at in chapter four of Philippians, if you have your Bibles, if you wanna turn there, we're gonna look at how to have more than happiness, but we're gonna talk about something today that I think is very practical for every one of us. Um, 
And again, this stuff and, and this today, cause I'm gonna say something that uh, we all know, it's not gonna be like anything new. We know it's there, but this may be one of the toughest things for all of us as Christ followers to do. I'm gonna talk today about stress and worry in our life. Now, some of you today will have to look at your neighbor's Bible because you don't have Philippians 4 in yours, all right? So you feel free just to scoot on over, social distance if you can. In the past 50 years, stress levels, they tell us, have risen from 35% of people feeling stress on a regular basis to over 70% of people regularly feeling stress. They say that 80% of doctor's office visits ultimately come from some form of stress-related ailments. That now they have found that stress is related to heart disease, strokes, cancer, lung disease, uh, liver cirrhosis of the liver, and even, even suicide find its way back to stress. They say that stress will greatly decrease our immune system in our bodies. It greatly increases the chances of a stroke in your life or a heart attack. Just recently, we had someone that had a stroke and when they went to the doctor, it was based on so much stress that was in their life right now. Stress increases the thoughts and the actions of taking one's own life. Suicide has now passed car crashes as the number one injury death. So Paul, because they faced that back then, the stresses of life, the anxieties of life, the pressures of life. So Paul teaches us some principles today that are gonna talk about how to reduce stress in your life. You will not eliminate stress in your life. Stress can be good, you can have good stress, but too much stress can be hurtful to us physically, emotionally, spiritually. So Paul talks about ways, practical ways today we're gonna to look at that some of you, some of you watching can reduce stress in your life that is literally killing you. So in verse seven, Paul gives us a promise. He gives us a guarantee, if you will. And here's what he said. If you do these things, you will experience God's peace. Now, these first few words are maybe the most important because he talks about that it is a choice. All through the word of God, we have these choices. And Paul says, this is a choice, you, you make it. If, if you do these things, and he's gonna lay out some things that if we do, will reduce stress in our lives. Here's what he says, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. In other words, when your life's like in, in total chaos, come on, anybody live there this week? Like, or, or, or you know, you, your, your household is just like gone crazy, your kids are crazy, circumstances in your life, your kids left the house and it's still crazy, can I get an amen, right? And, and, and you're in the midst of all that and it seems like everything's going wrong and the world has just gone crazy. Paul says in the midst of all that, and, and when you find that you still have peace inside in your life, in the midst of everything that's going wrong, he calls that the peace that passeth understanding in one translation, or here, the uh, far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. 
So God says, this is what Paul is giving us, the wisdom of God. And God says, if you do these things right here, if you will do these things, he's getting ready to lay out. If you do these things, you will experience God's peace that will blow away your mind. This will sustain happiness in your life. Now you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it many more times. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God in the Bible. But every one of the promises has a premise before it. If you do this, then the promise is God will do this. If you do this, then I'll do this, God says. It's a, it's a condition. So Paul in chapter four is gonna say, if we will live this way, God's design and desires for our life, here are the things that God will do for you. And the main one is you will experience the peace of God that will be far more than your human mind can even understand. And so that's what we're gonna look at today. What are these things that he's talking about? If you do these things, what are those? So he mentions here in this passage in chapter four, five things that we're gonna look at today that God says, do these things. And again, I'll just say it again. These are things that easy for us to say, easy for us to understand, harder for us to do. And I'm hoping for some of you today, your life is so overwhelmed. The best description of your life is you are filled with worry and you are filled with stress that you will walk away today and you will take a step toward the wonderful peace of God that goes beyond human understanding. Somebody say, I want that. All right, three of us do. So let's move on for those three people. <laughs> Here's the first thing Paul says. You have to, if you wanna reduce stress in your life, you have to refuse to worry about anything. Now, let's just be honest. Every one of us have failed at this. Most of us probably in this room failed at this this week. Some of you may have failed at it already this morning, right? On the Lord's day, you've already failed at this. And Paul says, if you wanna have peace, you have to refuse to give in, to succumb to worry in your life. And he says, don't worry about anything. So all of us, all of us have worried. And, and when we worry, what is the result of that? Stress. So you, you get something going in your mind, you start worrying about it, you start fretting over it, you can't sleep. I have no idea what happened, somebody help me out. Okay, nobody's gonna help me out apparently. Um, you start fretting, you start worrying. And Paul says, Paul says, no, 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 don't do that. He says, because the more you think about it, the more you give into that, the more frustrated you become, the more stressed out you become. Why? Because the number one source of stress in your life is worry. Most people, most people are consumed by worry. Your life is just consumed every day with worry in your life. And you've got a whole list of things that you are worrying about. I'm speaking to somebody today. So Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, never worry about anything. Just don't worry about anything. He's saying you have to strive for that. You have to make that your, uh, your goal every day, not gonna worry about anything. And the question is, what does anything include? 
Is there any place where God says, okay, don't worry about this, but this, these things right here, these things are okay to worry about. No, he says, don't worry about anything. Never worry about anything. And that is all inclusive. And I, I love the Greek on this because the Greek, the translation of it is in the, even in the midst of, uh, don't worry, even in the midst, but what about in my health, in the midst of my health situation? And Paul says, no, 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 not even in that, don't worry. Come on, stay with me because I'm about to really get blessed here in a minute. Paul says, what about my finances? Doesn't look good. Lost my job during COVID. All these health things, all this stuff. Paul says, no, 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 no. Even in that, even in that, don't give in to worry. Well, what about my kids? My kids are a mess. Paul says, no, no, no. Not even worrying about your kids. He says, he says, what about my retirement? No, no, Paul says, don't worry about that. Don't worry. You know, he'll use a passage later. It says, don't worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. Uh, what, what about my past? No, 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 no. Paul says, stop worrying about your past. Paul says, never worry about anything. Now, let me ask you this. Come on, talk to me. Do you think Paul meant that or not? Amen? All right, I'm getting freaked out by this. So here, I'm gonna make an executive decision. Does this work okay? Technology. Hey, uh, can you add this issue to the board meeting this afternoon, Marv? I appreciate that. All in favor of me getting a new TV, say amen. All right, all is passed, so we'll bring it. Uh, Paul says, just don't worry about anything. Now, you're saying, Pastor, that's easy for you to say because you don't have anything in your life to worry about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got all of you, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about worry, and he gives us four things that Jesus said not to worry about. Here's the first one. Look, the first thing he says, worry is unreasonable. Well, what, what did he mean by that? Well, it means it's illogical. The worry doesn't, when you think about worry, it doesn't make sense. Look what Jesus said. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? Is not the body more important than clothes? He, he's saying it, it doesn't make sense to worry. Stay with me. Why? <laughs> Because he said, worrying never takes a problem and makes it smaller. Worry always takes a problem and makes it larger. You, you have never spent all night staying up, can't sleep, tossing and turning your bed, worrying over a situation and you woke up the next morning and the situation was, oh my goodness, come on. Can somebody just go down to Best Buy and get me a TV right now? I am really worried over this right now. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I was getting ready to say, but it was really good. <laughs> he just says it doesn't make sense because you don't shrink a problem. You always make a problem bigger. Have you heard me say this before? What you feed grows. What you starve dies. This is what Jesus said, is saying. Don't feed your worry, kill it. Don't, don't think about it, don't feed it, don't continually uh, worry, and, and then that worry just continues to grow. So he says worry's unreasonable. Look at the second thing he said. He said worry's unnatural. 
Oh, this was, this was kind of new this week. Uh, did you know that humans are the only ones that worry? Birds don't worry. Dogs don't worry. The groundhogs outside of Pastor Liz's office, I guarantee you they're not worrying. They're just waddling along every day right in front of her office. Your, your dog doesn't worry. Ever come home and see your lab like with his paws in his, in his face, you know, and he just looks all defeated. Never seen that. Jesus said, don't worry. And some of us are pros at this. Oh, I'm getting ready to step on some toes. Some of you are pros at worrying and you just practice it all the time. And so Jesus said, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, or, or, or they don't sow or reap or store away in barns. They're not worried about, oh, I got to store up stuff for tomorrow, for next week, for my retirement, my bird years. Yet your, you like that, didn't you, bird years? Uh, yet your heavenly father takes care of them. And how much more precious are you to him than those birds? Jesus teaches if, if God is your father, don't let your day and mind and life be absorbed with worry. We are the only thing that God has created that doesn't trust him. Jesus went on to say, worry is unhealthy. When people say, come on, isn't it? have you heard this one? I am just worried sick over this. And when people say that, it's the truth. Doctors say a lot of people can leave the hospital early if they knew how to get rid of guilt and resentment and worry in their lives. The proverb writer said, a heart at peace gives life to the body. You wanna be healthier? Come on, some of you going to the doctor all the time. You wanna get healthier? It may not solve all of your issues, your physical issues, but if you wanna get healthier, stop worrying. It, it is unnatural and you have to develop this habit. And I'm just telling you, that's why I said, I think this one may be the hardest to do, this idea of not worrying, because we are so prone to do this, just to worry about everything. And then he went on to say, worry is unnecessary. God says, why do you worry? Don't, don't you think I'll take care of you? But you really got, I'm getting ready to get theologically deep on some of you, stay with me. Jesus is saying, do you think, do you think that I won't meet your needs? Do you think I don't know about what your needs are for tomorrow? Do you think I don't know what your health needs are? Don't you think I know what your kids need? Don't you think I love you? And so Jesus said in Matthew 6:30, if God cares so wonderfully for the for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, and that's especially true if I'm taking care of you, uh, won't he most surely care for you, oh you of little faith? Okay, some of you are not happy. Come on, stay with me. Let, me. let me press in a little bit here. Happiness to a large degree is determined by the choices in your mind that you make. 
Happiness, as we learn from Paul, it's not based on our happenings, it's based on choices we make. Your happiness is determined by the habits you put in place in your life every day. When we started getting up at four o'clock in the morning, now there's reasons we do that or did that. It's not all spiritual, all right? But when we made decisions that when we did that, the first thing we're gonna do is to spend time in the presence of God at the beginning of our day. Do you think that was natural or easy? No, no, it was a habit. I had to, we had to develop. You had to put that in place. Happiness is a choice and your happiness is determined by the habits that you put in place in your life. Some of you, all of you, all of us today are living in the realm of the choices that we made a year ago or five years ago. And God is saying to us, well, look at, look at 1 Peter 5, 7. Let him have, who, who's him? God, let him have all your worries and cares. So one of the habits I have to put in place is every day I gotta begin my day by saying, God, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna fret and stress over here. Here's some things that I am concerned about, but I'm not gonna worry about them today. I'm not gonna feed them today. I'm gonna give them to you today. And let him have all your worries and cares. Oh, I love this. Come on, somebody get blessed on this. For he is always thinking about you. He's always watching everything that concerns you. And God is saying to those of you stressed out this morning, you're fearful, you're uptight, you're anxious, you feel it even in your chest. Here's what God is saying to some of you today. Come on, listen to me, I'm telling you the truth. Somebody's watching online right now and and the truth about your life is you are totally wound up inside and God is saying to you today and he's saying to all of us today, let it go. Let him have all of your worries and cares because his eyes are on you. He is always thinking about you. I love 1 Chronicles 16, 9 that says, the eyes of the Lord are continually searching throughout the whole earth to strengthen those hearts, those lives who will surrender to him and are committed to him. God brought some of you here today or online to hear that because that's where you're living. The second part of verse six is this, you you talk to God about everything. This is the second part of verse six. Here's what it says. Never worry about anything. Instead, in every situation, let God know what you need in your prayers and in your Request. I love, I think it's the Living Bible that says, never worry about anything, but pray about everything. Talk to God about everything. Because it's not your job to figure out um, how God's gonna work out things in your life. It's not your job. It's not your job to understand how God's gonna move. It's not your job to figure out how God's gonna make the finances work. It's not your job to know how God's gonna touch and heal your body. That's not your job. Your job, my job, is to ask him. Our job is to come before him and ask him every day as we would a loving father. I was thinking this week, worry could probably best be described for a Christian as practical atheism. 
Let that sink in. Worry is practical atheism. It's acting like I don't have a heavenly father in my life that I can trust with whatever I'm facing. And a lot of us live our lives as if, as if we live out our lives, not trusting in him, not bringing our cares and petitions to him, but acting as if he does not exist in our life, which is not, uh, nothing different than an atheist would live their life every day. Worry is practical atheism. So James says in chapter four, two, we don't have because we don't ask. And in the context of what Paul's teaching, he would say, we don't have peace in our life every day. We're overwhelmed with stress. We're overwhelmed with worry. We're overwhelmed with anxiety because we don't come before him every day and we don't ask him and we don't bring our worries and cast them on him. And we carry those around all day. We don't talk to him about it. Here's a key for some of you. Again, easy to say, easy to understand, hard for you to live. Here's a key that is practical for you to reduce stress in your life. Worry less and ask God more. Worry less all through your day and ask God for more. Instead of worrying, pray. Talk to God about everything. Well, I've heard this one so many times. Um, It has become humorous for me. Well, pastor, I don't wanna bother God about this little thing, right? You know, it's just my car, my starter in my car. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, I got a little arthritis in my wrist and I don't, wanna, I don't wanna bother God about this little thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, every problem you have is a little thing to God. <laughs> Romans 8.32 said, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give him all things? You know what my huge problem was? You know what your huge problem was? Your huge problem was, my huge problem was, I was headed to hell for eternity, but through grace, God stepped in lovingly through his son, Jesus Christ, and he provided for my greatest need. He who did not spare his own son, will he not give us everything else we need? If God solved my big problem, Every other problem is small to him. Your finances are small to him. Your health is small to him and his ability to take care of whatever need you have. Your your relationships are small. Your your problems with your kids, all small compared to to the huge problem all of us had that God took care of. Every problem we have is small to God because he can move. I, I don't know. I don't know how many hairs I have on my head. Now, some of you do because it's a pretty easy count, but I, I don't know all the hairs on my head, but here's what I know. God knows them all. He may even have a name for every hair on my head. Like here's red one, here's red two, you know, I don't know. God, he, Bible tells us that he cares deeply for us enough that he knows the intricate details of our Lies And God says, if I know those things, I will take care of all of the things in your life. And here's the deal. This is the theological statement. Either you believe that or you don't. Either you believe God is big enough 
to take care of even the smallest detail of your life and cares about whatever it is that you are facing or experience or you don't believe that at all. God says, I will meet all of your needs. Talk to him. And let me, let me just stop. Some of you say, well, yeah, but I had a need and I prayed that God would do this, this, and this because you know I know so much more than God, so I have to tell him how to solve this problem. And he didn't solve it that way. And here's your assurance that Paul will give us later in Romans in chapter eight. Paul will say, if that happens, that means God is working something better for your life than what you see in that moment. God is always working all things together for good. Third thing is, you wanna reduce stress in your life? Thank God in all things. In all things in our lives, give thanks to God. Now it doesn't say give God thanks for all things, but in all things. So in everything I'm going through, I can give thanks because I know God is working in all things. So in verse six, it says there, in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So I'm not worrying about anything, but in every situation with prayer, petition, I am going to give thanks as I present my request to God because there is a huge connection between gratitude and there is a huge connection between gratitude in your life and happiness in your life. The happiest people I know are the are the most grateful and the most generous people I know. There is something about gratitude, giving thanks, being generous with what I already have that brings joy and happiness into our life. You cannot be happy and ungrateful at the same time. Happy people are grateful people. Studies have shown that the healthiest emotion known to the human race is gratitude, being thankful. And the more gratitude you have, the healthier you will be in your life and the happier you will be. Gratitude is one of the remedies that is often used. I know I've used it many times in counseling for depression because it gets our eyes off of ourselves and our problems and our stuff, and it gets them on other people and stuff that others are going through. And all of a sudden our hearts take on a different dimension and we have a spirit of thankfulness. Ungrateful people are almost always unhappy people. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you wanna be happy, learn to be grateful in every situation. This is God's will. Let me give you number four. I think about good things. Oh, I wish I had time for this. I think about good things. Stress in life isn't out there. Come on, watch me. Stress in life is in here. Stress in life is not all the things that will happen to me out there today. Stress in life is all the things that I allow to go in to here today. It is your thought life. Your war with stress and unhappiness is in large part one in your mind. The things you think about. Whatever you think about, you become. Whatever you give your mind to, this is what will win. And so in verse eight, Paul says, fill your mind with those things that are true. Come on, how many, how many times have we worried? I, I think I read a stat that said 85% of the things that we worry about never ever happen anyway. How much of our time have we spent filling our minds with things that aren't true? 
And so Paul says, fill your mind with things that are true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and beautiful and respected. If anything is excellent, if anything is worthy of honor, think about those things. So the Bible goes through and it gives us like eight tests of whether we should allow something to stay in our mind or not. You, you, you may say, well, you know, a thought comes in my mind and I can't control that. No, but you can control whether or not you dwell on it. And so it gives us these eight tests before I listen to something, before I watch something, before I say something to someone, before I, come on, before I post something on Facebook. You should say these things. Paul gives them to us. Is it true? Is it good? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it Beautiful. In other words, it may be true, but is it beautiful? Is it, is it gonna lift someone up? Is it gonna encourage somebody? Is it respected? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of honor that I would say that and people would go, ooh, that's, that's awesome. Paul says, put those things through your mind before you say, do, or post something. And some of us lose this battle in our mind because we listen to the wrong people in our lives. Now, I'll say this statement and I'll say it many times because I believe this is so true. Uh, you show me the people that you hang with and I'll show you what your life will look like a year or five years from now. But I'm not talking about friendships. I'm not saying you stay away from like non-Christian people or stay away from, you know, like you see somebody coming and I'm like, I'm just gonna pick on Shane here because everybody loves Shane, right? Everybody loves Shane, say amen. Amen, there were six of us. And um, and so I see Shane coming. I'm like, ooh, I'm not gonna, I can't even talk to him because he, you know, he just pulls me out. So I'm just gonna ignore him. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being around, giving my heart to, giving my attention to, giving my time to. Show me who your friends are and I will show you what your stress level in your life will look like a year from now or five years from now. Some of you lose the battle of happiness and joy and your life is filled with stress and it's because of who you hang around and who you listen to and what voices you let in your head. So Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, three, thou will keep him in perfect, there's that word, peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, think about God. Every day in your life, you have to fill your heart and your mind and your thought life with the things of God. If you fix your thoughts on God, he will keep you in perfect peace. What you think about determines your level of happiness. And let me give you this last one um, and, and I'll explain it. Let me just give it to you first. And that is, be content, Paul says, be content with everything you have. Be content. Because we live in a day and age when no matter what we have, we have a world now that says it's not enough. You're not, you're not gonna be content. You want something better, shoot for something more. And Paul says, no, 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 be content with everything that you have. And here's what contentment is. It is enjoying what I have rather than waiting on something bigger and better in my life. Enjoying what I have rather than wait. This is how I got Vicki. She had to do this one right here, right? Um, 
It is enjoying what I have right now. It doesn't mean I don't wanna get better. It doesn't mean I don't wanna improve myself, but it, it simply means I'm not waiting for something or someone else or something down the road that's gonna bring happiness into my life. A question that we get asked all the time, in fact, I've had it asked since I've been here. Hey, of all the churches you've been at, which one do you like the best? Of course, my answer now is Kokomo. Do you know what my answer is? It's the one that God placed us in. Wherever we've been, we've not looked for something bigger or better or whatever, just wherever we were, we love people and we were thankful that we were there and we love being in service in the kingdom of God. It's enjoying what I have right now. My happiness is not based on my happening. So in verse 11, Paul says this, I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or whether I have little. I know how to live on almost nothing. Can I get an amen there, right? Or with everything. Paul says, I've had everything and I was happy and I've had absolutely nothing. And I have learned to be happy. How do I learn contentment? Let me close with this. For some of you, listen to me. Stop comparing yourself all the time. Stop comparing your situation, your job, your self-worth. You get all that from looking at others and then comparing. No, 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 stop comparing. The source of discontentment in most people's lives is comparing with others. When Vicki and I were married, I mean, we didn't have much. Um, we were married, we bought this used van. It was a cargo van. And me and a friend converted that baby into what was called a conversion van. Can I get anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's how I knew I had arrived. I had a conversion van, had four, had four chairs. Listen, here's what I liked about it. They were called captain's chairs. I was now a captain. And oh, I, 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 we had made a, even a thing that folded out into a bed in the back. It was awesome. I was so, I was, I loved it. I loved it. In fact, this is, this is a true, true story. I know it's like, why does a preacher have to say this is a true story? All of this story should be true. I'm driving down the road one day and as I turn into the bank, I'm thinking to myself, I just love this van. I feel so awesome. And I pulled up through the drive-through and in front of me at the drive-through was a brand new customized, made up here in Northern Indiana called the Explorer van. On the tire, it didn't just have like a piece of leather around the tire, it had like this metallic thing. Come on, I'm sitting in the bank and I'm looking at that van in front of me and my proud heart sank as I looked at the piece of junk I was driving. Now this piece of junk five minutes earlier was awesome until I compared it. And there are so many of you that describes your life. You have a beautiful life. God has blessed you with so much. You, 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 you're, in a, you're in a home that's nicer than probably 95% of the world has. But as soon as you start comparing, as soon as you start looking at someone else, as soon as you start looking at somebody else's vehicle, all of a sudden, all of a sudden your heart sinks and God says, stop comparing, it will kill you. And the proverb writer says this, peace of mind makes the body healthy, but envy is like a cancer, it will kill you. 
It eats you up. Second thing is stop thinking that having more is better. Stop, stop thinking if I just had more, if I had more of this, more of that. Listen, if you are not happy with whatever you have here, here's what we learned. When we weren't happy in our first church with the little bit that we had, if we weren't happy with that, we wouldn't have been happy in any other place we were. You have to learn happiness happens on the inside. It's not your external stuff. So you have to learn to be happy with what you have. Stop thinking that more is better. Someday it'll be better. Someday I'm gonna have a better job. When I have a better job, I'll give my whole self to it. No, no, no. You give your whole self to what you have right now. You enjoy, you give thanks to God for whatever he's given you. And stop thinking more is better because the Ecclesiastes writer said this, the Ecclesiastes, he said, it's better to have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. Nothing wrong with possessions. I'm not preaching that unless you make them your God, but you cannot be possessed by them. He says, you're, if your whole life is just about working harder, getting more, getting more, getting more stuff, he says, you are missing the point. It's not, it's never gonna be enough. It's not easy to worry about nothing. Here are the points today. It's not easy. I get it. It's not easy to pray to God about everything. There are some things that I don't want to talk to God about because I'm a little mad. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not easy to thank God in everything. It's not easy to think, to think about good things all the time because my mind just gets bombarded with other stuff and it's not easy to be content with everything. It is just not. So where do you and where do I get the energy to do these things that reduce stress in my life? God says this, come on, you want it or you don't want it. Here, here, if you want it, here's what he says. God says this, you come to me every morning. You just come to me, I will give you mercies new and fresh. Every, you, you come to me, I will give you the power and the ability to do what will help you I, if you will feed your mind with the right things. If you do this, come on, here's the promise. God says, I will give you peace. And Paul gives one more verse, it's my favorite verse. Uh, Philippians 4 is my favorite chapter, Philippians is my favorite book, but this is, <laughs> This is my strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. It's not my strength. It's not my, it's not your strength. You're not gonna wake up tomorrow morning and go, oh, I'm smarter today. I read a book yesterday. No, 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 no. It's his strength in you. We're not, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship. So when you have a relationship, then it's God working in you. God has never made a person that he didn't love. Now, there are some of you watching online or some of you sitting here today, you don't feel loved, but because you don't feel loved doesn't mean you're not loved. God never made a person that he didn't die for. God never made a person that he didn't have a plan and a purpose for their life, never. You, you were not an accident that just came into being. And God says this to all of us, if you will come to me every day, I will help you. I will fill your life with peace that goes beyond your ability to understand it. 
We have been in circumstances in our life where as we're walking through it, it should have it should have just destroyed us. And in the midst of it, come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. In the midst of it, there was a peace that went beyond the ability to even understand that just filled you. And you could walk into a very den of lions like Daniel and you could be overwhelmed with the peace and the presence of God. Let me close with this last verse. Job knew all about the difficulties of life. And here's what he said, obey God, be at peace with him, for this is the way to happiness. And for many of you, the real reason, for many of you, some of you, somebody clicked online today, you don't even know why you're watching. This has happened so many times. You, you, you had a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend that's loosely connected to our church and you clicked online today and you don't even know why you're watching because you're not a godly person and you're certainly not a, uh, uh, in a relationship with him and you're watching and something pulled you in. Or you came into this place today and you're not really in a deep relationship with God, but the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you today. The real reason that some of you are not at peace, with, at, at peace in your life is because you are still at war with God. You have never received his love and grace and forgiveness. And until you make peace with God through a relationship with his son, you will never, you will never experience the peace that God has for you in all these other areas of your life. When you make peace with God, then you get the peace of God. You sustain happiness in your life, not by your human effort, but by the power and presence and the peace of God in your life. Would you all bow your heads with me this morning? Some of you that are watching or some of you that are here today, when I just talked about this distance from God, you don't have a relationship with him. Your heart is beating quickly because you know you can't have peace until you have him. And so I just wanna pray for some of you today. In a moment, I'll, I'll pray, but there are some of you that have never put your trust and faith and hope in Jesus Christ. And this morning, this morning, this is your moment. Simply say, Father, I, I receive your son, Jesus Christ, into my life to forgive me of my sin, and I need his strength and I need his power to give me peace. It's that simple. It's not difficult. For some of you today, it's casting your cares on him is the issue you have right now because your life is consumed with care and worry and stress, and the thing that he is calling you to do is to let go of those things and cast your cares on him. For some of you, your worry has become your acceptable sin. And you've believed that. But you're not trusting him. Some of you have financial cares that every day it dominates your heart and it dominates your mind. It is ruining your relationship with your spouse and with your kids. It has absorbed your total being. And this morning in this place or watching online, God is asking you to let go of that in order that he could give you a peace that goes beyond what you are even able to understand right now. Even though you don't know how it's all gonna work out, your job's not to figure it out, your job's to ask him. 
Some of you have physical issues, I get that. And for some that is the most hard are the ones that have carried a physical issue for a long time. It weighs on you over a period of time on your soul. It just pulls you down. And today God is asking you to let go of that in order that he might give you a peace that goes beyond your understanding that will guard and protect your heart and life. Father, this morning, just as we pray, I pray for I pray for all of those that are watching right now or that are in this place that have never connected with you in a personal way. They do not have a relationship with you today. They are not trusting you every day with their spiritual lives, but you have drawn them in. Right now, there, there is something in their heart that is beating quickly. It is your Holy Spirit compelling them, drawing them. And I pray right now, they would just pray this simple prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that name alone, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Show me how to have a relationship with you through your Holy Spirit, who you said would be with me and would help me and guard my mind and my heart, my thoughts. And for some of you that that's the desire of your heart, your temptation is gonna to be to be overwhelmed with all of the stuff that you need to fix now. No, 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 you stop right there and put all that behind you and just receive Christ. And then you let Christ fix the stuff in your life. He will show you, he will give you wisdom slowly, day by day. And then Father, for all of us, I am praying every day that you would guard and protect our hearts and minds. Give us your peace. Let us put these habits, these principles in place in our lives. Let us, let us not be a people consumed with fear, but let us be a people that practices faith every day in a God that we know cares intricately about the very details of our lives. And then Lord, remind us every day that the reality is we're not living for this world anyway. <laughs> We're gonna lay it all down real soon. And we will be with you forever and ever and ever in a place that is so far, so far more wonderful than even our mind could conceive. And until that day, Father, remind us your Holy Spirit is with us. Give us your peace. Give us your presence and your power every day we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing again as the band leads us this morning?